This is Dissected, and I'm Spondon Morassini. This episode, we're focusing on food insecurity on Bucknell University's campus. In 2018, the Bucknell Alternative Delegation, or BAD, organized a week of action on food insecurity. That week in April featured teach-ins, chalking, and also a community dinner. The work of BAD brought the conversation of food insecurity on to Bucknell's campus, and last year, with the help of staff and students, Bucknell introduced its first food pantry, Be Eats. However, many people have argued that a food pantry just isn't enough, and a lot of the issues that were raised during that week of action still persist today. Food insecurity is kind of a blanket term for situations that people find themselves in where they're not sure where their next meal is coming from. That's Professor Claire Samuels. She is Associate Professor of Anthropology at Bucknell University. Key thing is that people are not sure, um, they don't feel secure about the fact that they're going to be eating that day. And so they're thinking about skipping meals or about um, cutting corners in other parts of their financial life in order to feed themselves or feed their children. For students who are trying to figure out how to feed themselves at the university, there's a couple of different issues that um, that present themselves. And this is part of why I talk about food insecurity being a, a spectrum of problems rather than a single problem. Um, for some students, they are um, dealing with the prospect of a great deal of student debt. And so they are thinking from day one about um, trying to reduce their food spending. Um, for other students, they buy one of the flex plans and only discover sort of in the pa- next in the last couple of weeks of the semester or the last month of the semester that suddenly they are um, that they don't have the funds they thought they were going to have in order to feed themselves. In the context of a college campus, this is exacerbated by the fact that many students don't have transport to go to supermarkets. They don't have cooking facilities so that they can prepare their own meals. So they are very much dependent on the cafeteria system which is more expensive than, than cooking for yourself. Um, so there's a, there's a number of things. One of them is the financial aspect, but the other is, is the question of whether students have access to food that they can prepare themselves, um, whether they have access to transportation or, or other kinds of, um, or cooking, even just space for cooking, um, you know, ovens, stoves, that kind of thing. Wait, so before we move deeper into the various arms of the issue, like meal plans and the cost of food, we need to understand how we got to this position. So in 1993, Bucknell decided to start outsourcing its dining services to a private company. That company at the time was the Wood Company. In the late 1990s, the Wood Company was bought out by Sodexo. And Sodexo is a big name. They operate in over 80 countries, and they even operated in my high school in India. However, in the years 2004 and 2005, Sodexo was replaced. In a 2004 presentation delivered to faculty by Vice President of Finance Dave Sergala, he mentioned, and I quote, that instead of having Sodexo managers, Sodexo casual staff, Bucknell full-time staff, Bucknell part-time staff, Bucknell casual staff, and Bucknell student employees, they would now have a cohesive dining staff. And when they were trying to make this transition, Many faculty members were not okay with it. My name is Jeff Schneider, and I'm a professor of economics at Bucknell. Professor Schneider was here in 2004 and 2005 when Bucknell decided to start outsourcing its food to Parkhurst. It was also, though, around that time that the outsourcing movement became 
sort of a national trend, and everybody was outsourcing their janitors and their food service and everything. And um, to some degree, it was because it's a good financial decision for the university, even though it's not good for others. So what happened at Bucknell is a new president came in, his name was Brian Mitchell, and he had a relationship with a vendor from a previous president job. And so he basically very quickly moved to make our dining services provided by a private company with one of those contracts that was beneficial in financial terms to the university but harmful to others. So let's just touch on the special relationship mentioned by Professor Schneider. So before coming to Bucknell, Brian Mitchell used to be president of Washington and Jefferson College. And the catering company at the time at Washington and Jefferson was also Parkhurst. And so what was the reaction of this change? I'm sure students of faculty had something to say about this transition. Yeah, a lot of people were very upset, uh, especially a lot of the workers. Um, so after some protests and things like that, um, what happened is the workers who were currently working at Bucknell in food services were grandfathered in, where they got to keep their Bucknell benefits and their Bucknell wages. But the new workers hired would be subcontracted employers working for the subcontractor, not for Bucknell. So there was a period of transition in which some of the workers in dining services were Bucknell workers and some of them were private subcontractors. But, you know, over the last decade or so since that happened, most of the um, Bucknell workers left, and so now we're left with almost all subcontracted workers. After talking to Professor Samuels and Professor Schneider, I wanted to talk to somebody on the administrative side about the issue. And I did get interviews with Vice President of Finance, Dave Sergala, and Dean of Students, Amy Vidal. However, both of them refused to be recorded. When asked about the contract with Parkhurst, Vice President Sergala told me that Bucknell signed with Parkhurst in 2004 and that the contract is revised every 10 years. And when I asked him about the process of selecting a new vendor, he told me that in 2013, Bucknell hired a consultant to figure out their new dining contract. But surprisingly, there was only one vendor considered in the model, Parkhurst. So Parkhurst is still around right now, and nobody can deny that the food that they provide is expensive. And a lot of students believe that the dining dollars-based meal plans can't feed students properly for an entire semester. So let's do some simple math. This semester, if I had decided to enroll in the $1,300 meal plan, I'd have approximately $13 a day to eat in one of the on-campus dining facilities. So what does $13 get you? I mean, definitely not three healthy meals a day. What it does get you is an $8.25 pasta for one meal and $4.75 for the rest. And I asked both Vice President Sergala and Dean Badal why food was so expensive. And they both mentioned that a lot of the money goes into paying the employees and making sure that everything is running business as usual. However, when I went to the Bison and asked one of the staff well, how much they were getting paid, they told me that they were only getting paid $10 an hour. Yes, $10 an hour. And that sounds kind of absurd, doesn't it? I mean, last semester when I was working in admissions as a diversity intern, I was making the same wage. And these are people who might have families, who might have rent to pay for, and they're only getting paid $10 an hour, 
And that's kind of being used as a justification for why our food is so expensive. What might be even more surprising is when I asked Vice President Sergala if the university made any profit out of its contract with Parkhurst. He told me that the university receives a commission from this contract. However, the entire amount gets funneled back into dining. And he explicitly called this commission not a profit. But if all of this commission is going back into dining, why do we need the commission in the first place? Why not, within the contract itself, get rid of the commission that Bucknell receives from Parkhurst and just make dining facilities cheaper? And this is not to say that there haven't been any initiatives taken to address food insecurity. Last year, Bucknell created its first food pantry. It's located next to the Dean of Students' office on the second floor of the ELC. However, many people are calling this a Band-Aid solution. Here's Professor Samuels again. My concern about the food pantry is that it creates kind of two classes of students, right? It creates a, a class of students who can afford to go into the cafeteria and sit with their friends and eat food. And then it creates a group of students who um, may have access to food through the food pantry, and that's important, but it doesn't allow them to engage in the commensality of being in the college cafeteria with their classmates. And I do worry about whether we are um, preventing those students or, or um, maybe not preventing, but um, we could be doing more to, to allow them to fully engage in the life of the university. And part of that is sitting with your classmates over meals and discussing the issues of the day or, or discussing the latest pop culture movie of the day or whatever, right? Um, but when we have a situation where some students are um, told, you know, well, if you can't afford to go into the cafeteria, you can go to the food bank and get frozen food and stick it in a microwave. We're not acknowledging one of the important roles of, of college campuses, which is to break down barriers, right, like kinds of um, social barriers that divide people, um, things like economic class and, um, and race and ethnic affiliation. If we want our students to interact with people across all those boundaries, then we can't say um, that some of those students don't get to sit in the cafeteria with their classmates. And that, that worries me a great deal. And Professor Schneider also had a similar stance. It's a very dynamic issue as well. I'm, I'm under the impression that it doesn't completely solve the problem. Right? What are your thoughts on it? I mean, to me, this is a Band-Aid. It's embarrassing that Bucknell has students who are food insecure. I, you know, a, a, an institution as wealthy as ours is should not have any students who are going hungry, or staff for that matter. Mm -hmm. You know, a basic human right for every student, staff member should be enough food to eat. And there is plenty, not only at the university, but in the community. The problem is the, the, the profit model of the, the subcontractors, right? So they don't want food to be available for free because that undermines the need for people to buy it. Mm -hmm. So their ba basic incentive is to keep some people hungry. Mm -hmm. Right. They, so providing food for free to people undermines the profit model. So mm -hmm. you have to bypass that model in order to actually provide food for everybody. And I, I mean, I'm glad that we have the food pantry. It's better than the alternative, which is people going hungry. Mm -hmm. But that's a Band-Aid solution to a question that should be addressed or could more, much more easily be addressed in a, in a better way. I mean, if nothing else, why aren't the people who are food insecure just given free meals at the calf? I mean, Bucknell could actually pay for that at, at minimum. But, you know, we, we live in an area of plenty. We have 
tremendous amounts of food waste at Bucknell, so the idea that people are going hungry is just unconscionable. And that's it for this episode. If you liked it, didn't like it, if you have any feedback, feel free to reach out at podcast.dissected at gmail.com. Feel free to subscribe on Spotify, SoundCloud, or whatever streaming service you're listening to this on. Thanks for tuning in.